Champagne Sharks, this is T. Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Ricky Rawls, R-I-C-K-Y-R-A-W-L-S, no underscore. And we have, um, I think last time I introduced Mike first. So this time, let me introduce uh, D. Mills. What's up, everybody? It's D. Mills. You can catch me on Twitter at mdmills 79 at mdmills 79 Glad to be with you. And we have uh, Mike Coffin. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Black Exception One. Yeah, I tried to time it so we can catch uh, Mike eating because I'm always I'm trying to hurry up and swallow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always uh, eating on Mike. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, what? I'll do the usual house cleaning. Um, go to Patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. There you can uh, subscribe to the show for five dollars a month. You can get double the episodes, two episodes a week instead of one. And um, I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys yet, but I was thinking of asking because several people asked for this something called the Discord server. It's basically a uh, chat room um, that only patrons can talking it's not quite like the reddit which is a message board this is like an actual um chat room people can create rooms create like a little uh community and i was thinking of adding that to the uh patreon um a friend of the show uh, michael brooks he has one for his show and he says like it's pretty popping it's a pretty it's pretty good uh so yeah i put a poll up on patreon a lot of people um seem seem to uh be on board with the idea and i was thinking of an option of like maybe like once a month we do a um hosted like a q a or a chat with the patrons um you know like for like an hour or something maybe something like not different than uh what Tariq Nasheed does with like his, his weekly Ustream show. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to do I wouldn't want to do it weekly, but just something where you just kind of chop it up with um people and live. But uh yeah, that's something that's gonna be getting added to the um patron. Apparently page Patreon has a natural uh integration where they have a partnership with Discord, so y- you can just create it naturally through Patreon. The um the disc, the Discord yeah. room. Have you guys heard of Discord? I'd be, I'd be with that, huh? Yeah. I've never heard of it before, but uh, yeah, I never heard of it either. I see, I seen that you, I seen you talking about it, and uh, I was over there on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't, you know, I got, a, I got a Patreon, I got a Patreon account for the show, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw that. I saw your name. I meant to uh, mention it because I I want to block you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I did. Oh no, no, I'm joking with him. Uh, he uh signed he signed up as a as a patron. Oh okay. Yeah, I did that so my girl could go listen to some of the shows. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so she she's uh also. No, she's not a fan. Okay, and she's not into it, but she's gonna have to be into it, otherwise it's over. <laughs> God damn, Mike is a savage, man. If you guys ever wonder who the savage on the show is, it's definitely oh Mike at times. He takes that role. Hey, you know, I had a little incident. I had a little incident the other day Uh-oh. about these about the text messages you've got. We were talking about the text messages. Yeah. Was that yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yesterday. And uh. <laughs> So I sent the text and, uh, I, you know, I, I was home and I was having her come over here and I was like, you know, I didn't want to wait by the door for her Let's to get here. Let's stage real quick. Uh, Mike is a notorious sloppy texter. He's that guy who will always <laughs> send you texts intended for somebody else. Like that, that is, uh, his, his stick. It happens at least like at least once, once a week, I feel like it happens. Like, like we get a unattended text and thankfully nothing crazy has, has happened. Like, you know, I was worried like, like, like when they, you know, we're going to get a text, like, can't wait to see, can't wait to see them titties or something, you know, or something like kind of <laughs> like a side of Mike that, that, that we don't want to see. And so far that hasn't happened, but I'm always worried. <laughs> No man, I, I I hope man, I hope not. I don't I don't send out the junk pictures. Yeah, oh yeah, so. junk pictures, or, or maybe you be like cupcaking, like, hey baby, I was thinking about you all See. day and I cried. You know, like, oh my god, oh my god, you might get me on one of those. <laughs> Catch you in a moment. Of- it, it won't be no crying shit or nothing like that, but it probably be some, you know, gonna be like last night, stuff. me and my woman. <laughs> 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 sorry y'all don't, don't, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so I sent I sent the text but I sent it to you guys accidentally so then when she gets here I'm like and she's knocking on the door I was like I told you the door was open just come in she's like when did you tell me that I said I sent you a text like 10 minutes ago she's like well you didn't send it to me no she's like no he's like well, you didn't, well it didn't go to me I'm like, man, yes, it did. And I'll pull it up, right? And then I was like, oh, and I just put the phone back. I seen what T had wrote. <laughs> I said, oh, I chuckled and I put it back in my pocket. Why did I do that? Oh, boy. Well, who did you send it to? Oh, God. I just, just uh, one, of the, one of the guys, you know. Now, uh, well, well, how did you make a mistake like that? And it's like, listen. Oh, my God. And she was like, what? And I was just like, and she's like, Okay, and that was it. <laughs> but y'all almost got me caught up. Man, wait, wait, wait. We got you caught up. How, yeah, how did we right. make you send the send the wrong <laughs> Don't blame us. <laughs> because I was, I had just responded to a text from T. Oh, okay. T had just sent a text. So, so it's my fault. And I responded to him. It's my fault for texting you. Like, like that's it's gonna. Uh... Well, why would you send me a text at three thirty in the afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, you know, oh my god! My mistake. I'm I'm, I'm going to uh, apologize. I'm going to apologize. <laughs> sending a text at three thirty in the afternoon. We almost, we almost broke up a happy home, man. 
We mentioned the Patreon. Oh, yeah. Uh, review the show <laughs> in iTunes. Uh, review and rate the show. That helps people discover the show. Um, what, what else? I actually... Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Champagne Sharks Reddit. ChampagneSharks.reddit.com. You can see other like-minded fans of the show, share links, do um, discussions, whatever. We don't run it, but we do occasionally pop in and say hello. It's uh, It's been pretty good so far. Um, yeah. Uh, last thing, always remember to check the show notes. Um, check the show notes to the show because a lot of times people ask questions about stuff that we mention or talk about in the show and a lot of times it's already answered in the show notes so yeah go over there also go to uh killmongerwasright.com and get your shirts to support the show and okay that's basically it let me throw something out there too sure. uh, i wanted to just correct my brother my brother d over there who yep. called me a savage oh <laughs> i disagree now this is the thing about the, the listening to the show, okay? I just want equality of treatment, okay? Now, the guy that she was messing with before me wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> and he would, he would print CDs up. <laughs> and she would try to sell them for him. Oh man. Now, if you can, if you, if, if you can, if you can sell CDs for a struggle rapper, Nick, I'm, hey, <laughs> but you can't listen to my show? can't listen to me now what's great about this is that you have gotten um a patreon subscription just so you can hear all the episodes and right after you get this for her she now you're me. calling her out on on air like that's 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 a savage uh, that, that's sad that's that's a savage <laughs> that's oh, you, you, you just like, re reaffirm your savagery exactly some most people will be like yo, yo. most people are like oh my god i'm sorry like my girl's gonna start listening i think i'm gonna start toning it down you know i you know what you, you know did what? the opposite yeah. you, you, oh. you let her start listening, and you ratcheted up the uh, call-outs of her. I, 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 oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> okay, now we're going to get them cupcakes. Oh, and my goodness gracious, man. Where, where are we going with and this, man? I do it for the podcast, baby. I do it for the podcast, you know. Oh, my uh, goodness. Well, well, there was a couple of quick things I wanted to mention before we started talking about uh, more substantive stuff. But one is there's a Donald Glover New Yorker article I would like to do a whole um, a whole episode on, but I haven't read it yet. But I heard I saw some clips of it, and he said some pretty out there stuff, some pretty bold stuff. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. uh, impressed. He was calling out, like, uh, white supremacy and... Um, in some pretty um, direct terms. I, I can already tell he's starting to lose it because in the picture that accompanied the article, his hair he has no line done for his hairline. His hairline is mm -hmm. not done up. It's just wild and ragged. And when a black man stops doing his hairline, you know he's got nothing to lose, man. That's that's when... Mm. It, man, he's, he's, in a, he's in a bad place. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> He's gone. Yeah. He's gone rogue. He's gone savage. Like like the hairline. You know, as long as a black man has a hairline to shape up, he's gonna shape it up. And and he's yeah. he's not. It's not receding, but he's just letting it go wild. That's it. When I saw that hairline at the top of the um of the article, I knew that you know he was gonna go in. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, have you seen it? It, it seems like he's calling out like white supremacy. And I did. Direct- I did. It's a long article, and I, re- I read most of it. He did. He did. He, he had a really good, a really good statement uh, paragraph uh, where he uh, he called out white people in general, not just the white supremacists, but not not in a way that's making it seem like all white people are white supremacists, but that. You know, he pointed out their complicity within that system. Oh. One one thing I will say that's been kind of surprised me about a lot of these um some I shouldn't say a lot. There's only two examples I could think of. Uh, there's two cultural mulattoes who have really uh, surprised me. Uh, we had the term before cultural mulattoes. It has nothing to do if you're literally mulatto. Like you could be dark as dark skinned and hundred percent black as you know you can be. Uh, genetically and still be a cultural mulatto. Like cultural mulatto just means that you culturally um, balance both worlds. Like, you know, you, know, you culturally engage in uh, quote unquote white culture as much as quote unquote black culture. But two uh, cultural mulattoes that really surprised me recently is like Donald Glover, like some of uh, that first season of um, that first season of, Atlanta, I thought it was, you know, a lot blacker than I thought it was going to be, you know, yeah. in terms of like what he talks about and whatever. Like, like it's, it doesn't seem to be such. And it was intentional on his part, too. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it's super caring about the white gaze. Like, it's, it's not like, say, like Blackish, which Blackish is not a bad show. When I say this, I'm not insulting Blackish, but Blackish is a show that, you mm-hmm. know, you could tell it's very, very conscious of the white audience as this, you know, being performed and yeah and uh and that didn't seem that way it was it's very surprising to me um because i thought it'd be more like um Issa Rae's show where it's like it's either thinking about white people or it's thinking about bougie black people all the time and that whole kind of uh boule audience and it doesn't really seem that way and get out was the other one and that guy he's not only a cultural mulatto he's like he's a literal he's a literal uh biracial uh, jordan peele like, I yeah. did not expect um, between that like, get out and this interview by Donald Glover. Like, you know, I was like, really, really kind of surprised because I feel like um, I wonder if more of them are going to do this. I wonder if it's just the men. Like, is it easier for men to be cultural mulattoes, but still, if they want to, like, tap into um, being a little outspoken or rebellious I think so. yeah go on. definitely i would th- oh sorry uh, either one go ahead d no I, was gonna say, I think it comes down to life experience man i think um i think we talked about this before with with donald glover in particular um he had a situation with a police officer i think it was in las vegas where he basically had a gun drawn on him and he feared for his life in that particular situation. I think it made him think very deeply, you know, on a, hmm. you know, on I totally a, forgot, but you're right. He did give an interview about that and he did change a lot after that. You're right. His Do you remember Donald Glover? I don't remember hearing about yeah, that. You remember Donald Glover from uh, like 2014. He was, a, he's a different, different dude, you know? Hmm. Uh, 
Well, that explains the hairline and shit now. <laughs> he had a 2012 special, and that special... Uh, was that 2012? The, okay, I thought it was... Uh, some of the jokes people told me about from the 2012 special sound very different than the Donald Glover that's, you know, in these interviews. And I forgot about mm. that that gun incident. You're right. He did have a he did go through a weird phase after that gun in- incident, and I think that really kind of um, did something to him, uh, maybe for the better, it seems. Yeah but, way, yeah. yeah, but I'm feeling like this. I'm not really seeing it yet. Maybe it's going to happen, but I feel like uh, with the female culture mulattoes, like I could not see um, Issa Rae giving an interview like this, or there was um, or any other like these kind of uh, female cultural mulattoes. Like for example, Roxanne Gay, she had this um, mm-hmm. thing where she was on Twitter. She's always putting her foot in her mouth on Twitter, uh, but she was doing this thing. Um, a lot of cultural mulattoes in general, but just a lot of black um, media people, they have a very big career streak. And I can kind of understand it because when you're a person of color or a woman, you kind of have to, it's kind of the whole Hillary Clinton conundrum. Like you kind of have to be more uh, driven to, to succeed than, you know, instead of a white male because there are no there's no safety net for you there's no real you know you can be replaced very easily or you can be kind of in this kind of uh for lack of a better word uh ghetto but in a traditional sense of ghetto where it's like you're kind of lumped with like-minded people like if you're like a woman you're kind of being lumped into the female writing kind of ghetto if you kind of if you're black you're kind of lumped into like the race writing um ghetto and and um, I'm using ghetto in the classic term, as in a ghetto is where like people are forced to live together. Right, that, right. Yeah, I'm not making a classist statement. I don't want people to think I'm um, using ghetto that way. I'm using it in, in the literal old school way of using the term. So, um, but she she said this recently on, on Twitter. Did you guys see a tweet where she said, because she's been, when she had a careerist thing, uh, Joss Whedon was kicked off of the, background movie or resigned from the background movie um is the official story and roxanne gay did this, did this tweet because you know all these uh media blurs these media black nerds are always trying to kind of campaign for for jobs for high profile jobs you know and she was like hey dc i'll, I'll write your background movie for you no problem and then um someone from dc wrote, wrote her back and is like uh sure let's talk and then all her stands started going crazy and stuff. She started acting like she got the the job already of being the the Batgirl movie writer. So she started talking about who she would cast, and she would cast Black Girl Magic, J- J- Janelle Monae as as Batgirl, and all this stuff. Which you know, the usual the usual representation stuff. And then somebody mm-hmm. said, "Why would you put you know Janelle Monae to play uh, Batgirl?" And then they said like. You're just gonna make the person to like a token, and then she got she got mad, and she's like, "Listen, to even get to be the token, you have to be excellent." And then she added, what? "I'm writing I'm writing a whole book about this out in 2020 from MIT Press." So so she she uh, added a plug-in for herself, but uh, what she said was so opposite of what Donald Glover said because Donald Glover was kind of like how. You always have to like uh, kind of perform for white people. You always have like to be a token. They kind of expect you to water yourself down and whatever. 
And I find it interesting, like, her tweet is, like, the most uh, opposite you can get. She's like, to get to be the token, you have to be excellent. Like, she's really buying into her own hype. Like, if white people, like, what's the implication of that tweet? She's basically saying that being the token, just just to get to be the token, means you're excellent. So that means that you're giving white people a lot of power. You, It's almost deferential to them. Like, if white people choose you, just to get chosen by white people means you're something. Is it, you know, I thought it was very problematic. Well, that by definition, you wouldn't be a token then if you were excellent and deserving of the position, right? Or am I misunderstanding what a token means? I mean, to me, it's what a token is, but I think I guess to her, token just means you're the only black person in the room. So she's saying that see, see, your definition of token ties into what you believe a token to be, which I agree. Like, you know, you're just there just to and I think that is kind of the right I think that actually is the right um meaning because I think um for someone there to just check a box to fill a box. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean here here's the official definition of a token. A thing serving as a visible or tangible representation of a fact, quality, feeling, etc. So you're there to represent something. So when you're a token black, you're just there to be kind of a representation for just like all black people. Like like um if we need to have some some kind of uh display of blackness, just put a token black like, like just put something to symbolize and you know like 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 the like the black power yeah. ranger. Like okay He's, we have this guy, this covers um, black people. He represents all black people. That's, that's it. We've taken care of casting black people with this one guy. But I guess what she's saying is that person gets chosen on merit. Like, you know, when white people choose their token to represent all black people, they do it because this is the best of the best. So just being the token, you've automatically proven that you are uh the best and i mean i think it's kind of the opposite i think it's usually the, the person who just gets along the best with white people or who has access to white people because they went to the, the the same schools as the ones with the power like you know they went to the ivy leagues or whatever well it's certainly been certainly been that case or similar to that when you look back in history right i mean um a lot of people say jackie robinson wasn't anywhere near the best baseball player from the Negro leagues, but you know, he was chosen as a token because he had a certain temperament and demeanor that uh, would enable him to fulfill the, the needs of that experiment, so to speak. Yeah, yeah exactly. Didn't uh, Michael Steele, didn't, didn't somebody come out and say that the only reason they made Michael Steele the head of oh, the, man, uh, that, the Republican <laughs> national committee that was, a, was because he was black. Was that just was to check a that cold, box. That was a cold, play right there boy i didn't even you know i shouldn't be surprised by that but that even surprised me that someone actually came out and said that publicly like was it a black person that said it or no i don't know oh wow it was i can't remember who it was it was it was uh, was a white person but i can't remember who it was i'm surprised too then because i could see a black person calling that out but yeah i'm surprised a white person would openly say that um yeah so and it was it was interesting because um that just shows how like a lot of these people kind of buy into like their own their own hype but also how much like they kind of um 
worship like white people and their acceptance and you get, you get to kind of see why they're so into representation you know and into like what whatever because they really believe that them being the only black person in the room is an actual testament to their skill to their talent whatever and not just mm-hmm. like maybe you're just the most the one they just identify with the best because you speak their language or you talk their talk or maybe they like you just because you're so unthreatening like you know what i mean like like it doesn't or they like you because they can use you as a as a sheepdog for other other uh black people yeah yeah and 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 it kind of scares you like this is the person that's supposed to be like some kind of writer on race and anti-racism like you know and they really believe believe that um because if you believe just being a token is proof that um you're excellent you know then then you must think everybody who doesn't get to be a token must be bad and there's a lot more non-tokens than there are tokens because the the very thing about a token is that it's the exception not the rule like you know only one person can be a token and 99 people aren't going to get to be tokens so you actually think there's that much mediocrity out there in the black community to think to think that wow i i don't know that's a humbling uh, thought, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people called her out on it. She got a lot of. I was I was very happy with uh, Black Twitter that day because a lot of people were just. Um, uh, Did she have anybody like uh, being apologists for her? Uh, a lot of um, white liberals and a lot of of course um, and a lot of. Other uh, career-striving media people, you know, um, kind of like Issa Rae types. Not Issa Rae, but kind of like people who, like, you look at their profile and their, and their bio. Aspiring directors or whatever, yeah. Or, or like, or you know, writers. Uh, uh, right, yeah, yeah, writer at, at these places, editor at these places. They're like, you know what, girl, you know, stuff like that. But, um, hmm. you know, a lot of people were like, uh, here, here are some, I'll give some of the good replies and some of the bad replies, right? Like, here's some of the people who, like, who didn't like it. Somebody was like, respond to her, a black, a black woman. You just need to impress white people. Whether that is true excellence or not is arbitrary. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. S- s- somebody, uh, another black woman, um, uh, she she wrote, but this was a, a a positive. She goes in response to Roxanne Gay's statement. I honestly don't know any other living writer with this breadth of range, frequency of output, and consistency of quality in such awe. And I'm like, okay, that, that doesn't even respond to her what she said. But okay, but you know, oh, but uh, someone else wrote, you definitely don't even have to be good to become the token person of color. Plenty of examples of subpar folk who get attention from white people because they are palatable, not good. White accolades are as empty as white kindness because none of it is predicated on us being equal. Mm, um, damn. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another woman um, who is an editor and a writer and a social activist and um seems to be like that total uh type she seems, seems to be part of that white and uh the white ally industrial complex um she she i think she's in academia too she wrote just truth to what roxanne gay said so she um she buys into it um some some white guy wrote 
something I love about Roxane Gay is that she writes whole books on topics I need. So, you know, they're saying they're looking forward to seeing her book about how all tokens are great. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, another white, another white liberal who is a professor of communication studies at um, Northeastern and is a faculty associate at Harvard said, is two years too early to submit a pre-order for this book? So, oh, wow. so yeah, like the white liberals are, are eating it up. I mean, just a bunch of nut riders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one one black woman wrote, "Who's the audience for this book?" <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer is is pretty apparent based on the response. Hey, the, the, the same the same audience for her uh her uh, little Black Panther uh episodes uh, issues. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, uh, some somebody wrote. Uh, I'll make this last one. Somebody wrote. Yeah, right. Sometimes you just need to show up and just be in the photo as their black employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. And someone else put this summarizes woke Twitter so well. <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually God, there's, yeah. there's so many good ones I want to stop, but some of these are good. Oh, someone put said to her, I think most tokens have an overblown sense of their own genius. And this also totally makes white acknowledgement the standard for what is considered excellence. You know. Uh, which is someone, someone put, it's actually the opposite. If you're mediocre, selling yourself as a, as a token is the most lucrative option. Another, mm. another person said, no, you just have to be a willing mark. Fucking yuck. <laughs> Save the paper. Like, like, yeah, yeah. And then, wow. a, a, yeah, a lot of the rest of it is just the same type of corny. Uh, it's, it's funny though. There's a lot of tokens. Uh, and they all have blue checks, and they all like um, have either media or academic or academia things in the bio. A lot of them are like, yeah. yes, yes, yas. How yeah. early did pre-sales start? Oh like, man! <laughs> well, there's psycho there's psychological well-being depends on that. Yeah, niche. that's very true. I think they don't let themselves believe. If they let themselves see them see what was really going on, they probably. I mean, they're already on. All, all types of antidepressants and stuff. So I don't literally, know what would happen yeah, after yeah. that. Literally, you're right. You know, they got to they, 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 you know, it's hard living in the fantasy world. You know, and it, yeah. It, that's why you have to do stuff to cope, and you have to tell lies to yourself, like, "Hey, I'm here because I deserve to be here." But but they're also so goofy too, like, because the way they're cheering her on, everything with them is like a goofy, happy group hug all the time so, yeah. yeah they love positive yeah. affirmation you know that's one of yeah, the big things yeah. with that which, which is nowhere in real life because mm -hmm. if people supported each other in real life like they do on twitter it, the world you would know. be a great place when <laughs> if, if yeah, it was really it like that well, well they're like that as long as you're on the same level yeah, as long as you yeah as long as you check all the marks in the box as long as you know to speak the lingo um, you know all the right hey, catchphrases what were they when Roxanne was trying to sell uh, episode issues of uh, of her uh Comics. Well, well, those people never actually buy anything, or they don't exist in numbers. Well, just to, well, just to, just to support the sister and yes, and you know, for the culture. Oh no, mm. I think they were vocally, but I, but I don't think they were. Actually but now, when it's time to break bread, then they put dollars well, on what's it. It's interesting about all these people. A lot of them don't even read comic books that much. Like they just kind of read. I don't either, T. But if you started a comic book, I would buy one. Well, to be fair to some of these people, and I'm, I don't want to reveal the level of my comic book geekness but there's not that many relatively speaking there's not that many comic shops in the country anymore where you can just go and yeah. 
get comic books anymore like oh, that. I just, you know? I just figured they was getting them online or yeah, something. You, yeah, you can. You can. Yeah, that's right. You can. Because yeah. a lot of them have iPads now. You can get them online because that's the way yeah. I get them now. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, oh, you get them online now? The, well, yeah. What I do is there's this uh, thing, Comixology. I wanted to give free plugs. Yeah, I've had that before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Comixology, you can pay like $10 a month and you get like unlimited. So then what I just do is I just read whatever's on uh, Comixology Unlimited for free. Uh, well, not for oh, free. I'm paying, I'm paying like $10 a month. Has there... is, they even put a lot of Marvel stuff on there. So That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, they don't have any DC stuff on there, but I don't really like uh, the past 10 years of DC Comics anyway, so it doesn't bother, mm-hmm. bother me. But um, So I've tried some of like some of the new stuff that the new social justice stuff they have from Marvel, like, but what I was thinking about them being on the same level, right? What, like when Tanahashi Code started pulling way ahead of them, I noticed a lot of them started turning on him. Mm. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? They were like cheering, um, Cornell West, uh, uh, piece on him. And I didn't even think Cornell West piece was uh, pretty good. I, I, I didn't like that Cornell piece. Cornell West piece on him because there's so many valid reasons to have a disagreement with Tanahashi Coates and Cornell West was just kind of bringing up stuff that wasn't even like true. I was like, he did, he, yeah, uh, yes, he kind of did what what Eric, what Michael Eric Dyson did to him a little bit to me. Yeah, I agree. It's like you know you nitpicked him a little bit. Like he, he even like Michael Eric Dyson even pointed out the fact that uh, Cornell West was in the Matrix movie. And I was just like, come on, man. For guys of your stature to get that petty, you know, it just turned me, it turned me off. It turned me off of Michael Eric Dyson. But, but not that. just that. There's no way you're going to convince me Michael Eric Dyson wouldn't have taken the role in the Matrix movie. Because, I mean, if you wanted to. You see how he gets down. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be the apologist for Bill Maher and the N word and, you know, singing Negro spirituals for him. To, you know, to <laughs> help absolve him. There's no way you're not gonna take the Matrix. He'd have been up in Matrix shirtless with a damn <laughs> a visor like Jordy had on Star Trek: The Next Generation. He, he would have been in the big, uh, the big uh, dance orgy scene, right? He would have been right Man, in the middle of it, sweaty, <laughs> nappy Sweating ass, chest yeah. hairs, dangling. <laughs> yeah, like give me, give me a. Indubitably, brothers. No, but I do think that. Um, I try to examine my criticism that I had of of Tanahasi. And and the reason why I say that is because once you start getting a certain kind of adulation from from white liberals, even the most well-meaning person sometimes you can you can lose yourself in that unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And you know, it depends on how conscientious of it you are, you know, for you to pull yourself out of that. But I mean, at what point, what what can you do once the adulation and the ad- accolades and everything gets to a certain level? Yeah. What do you do to pull back from that? On the one well, hand, you have a platform. I don't know because. And then on the other hand, you're ahead, just like, Ugh, this kind, this is that kind of fake love. And you find yourself having yeah. to, to self-edit a lot and not say certain things that you really want to say. Like I've, I've dealt with yeah. that in my own personal you know, work that we do on the side, you know, you want to go to a certain level, but then you have to self police like, okay, well, shit, I can't do that because that's going to make people not want to do this or that'll turn people against this. So we got to kind of find a way to, and that that, that kind of turns off your core. And I I was just going to say that. And then you, that's when you get, 
um, the people who need you the most or, you you know, like you said, your core audience or what have you, they'll say, oh, man, you're not really doing nothing or you're watering it down. You just want to please white people, this, that and the third. Yeah. So it really puts you in a tough spot, man. You know, and yeah. I, I, I had to think but about that. Don't you think. But don't you think, uh, D, that like we should be a little bit more sophisticated in the way we look at things to where you can see what he's doing. You, know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you think it's genuinely him just trying to toe that line in order to, cause you know, you can't really blow without kind of that mainstream effect. Yeah. But, and you know, don't you think like some of us not there could be a little bit more conscious of that fact and be like, Hey, we, we ain't gonna let that stuff slide, you know, but mm-hmm. we, we like, we can't wait for him to get too far that way. And like, like you said, just try to yank him back, you know, yeah, yeah. and yank him down. Don't you think that like, I don't know, like black people generally speaking, like they can't wait for you to seem a little bit outside of the box yeah. so they could just Chomping yank you back down. Like, yeah. you know, like it seemed like they couldn't wait for, that wave that just turned against Tana Hesse. And then once it did, everybody just kind of just jumped on it. And mm-hmm. nearly fully, you know, I mean, I, yeah, like, and, and like to what you were saying as, as, as far as like, you know, him self policing and censoring himself. And he, he's got to do, you know, because he's eating, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he wants that bread to keep coming in. So it's like, you know what he's doing. And if he's not, if he's not really actively cooning or nothing like that, can you, can live. he get a pass? Part of my problem, too, yeah. I think what people aren't really admitting is I think a lot of people, they kind of want that bread and they want that attention. Yeah, they do. And, and, and I don't like, I'm, I'm one of those people that I hate when people just automatically default to you're just a hater or you're just jealous. But sometimes I think that might be the right answer. And I think with mm-hmm. him sometimes, because the reason why I say this is a lot of people loved him, right? And then I was surprised when Quinnell's West thing Cornell West thing happened and there were some seeds of it happening when he had that book between the world and me and all like these kind of intersectional woke types were um kind of dogpiling on him like where's the black women why are there not black women in here and it's like it's a, it's a memoir of, of him to his son like 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 why are you trying to frame it as like a misogynist and it's like they kind of felt like he had an obligation to kind of help them eat you know what i'm saying like exactly uh, let me wet my beak like like the kind of like a mob and you know you know like in sopranos it's like mm. uh mm. just say let me wet my beak like you know if uh that's what that guy said in the beginning of uh uh or uh, well, in part two of uh godfather yeah, uh, yeah when he was talking to um robert de niro he said just let me wet my beak a little yeah yeah that's an old that's an old like italian phrase about you know like, like if you got a nice hustle you know let me and 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 they're always doing that with each other and i i think he was letting them wet their beaks enough and that was bothering them and by the time cornell weston came on and i think he kind of gave a hint about that he's like uh he, he said like i'm getting it from both white nationalists and um like like black feminists i didn't sign up for that and now uh, i um I'm out of Twitter. And then a lot of people just being disingenuous. A lot of the same people said, oh, he's comparing black women to white supremacists and stuff. I'm like, that's not what he's saying. What he's trying to say is, is that if I'm getting it from, I think what he was trying to say was, I expect it from the white nationalists, but all these um, black women jumped on the opportunity. Um, yeah. The Cornell West thing to, as a, 
chance to get their shots in too and it's like and he was he was kind of right because i was surprised that a lot of the people who kind of jumped in who i thought were kind of in his uh kind of black media woke tribe yeah yeah, yeah. so you know yeah, i think yeah nilly fuller um had a great show one day where he talked about um how black people have been trained to perpetually watch each other and I think that mm. that same situation uh, rings true with the Tanahasi Coast situation. I think um, we have these preset parameters in our, you know, in our programming that our social programming that's happened, you know, through slavery, Jim Crow, and all the the after effects of that. And we are we have really programmed ourselves to watch other Black people, particularly when they get into a position where they're around other white people, where they're around white people. And they have some uh, monicum of success or adulation. And we go on high alert at that point. We say, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch him. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, especially and, if you really value the approval of white people, it, which I think is a yeah. default mode for black people. But I don't. But yeah. Some with him, I don't think that he's more. Yeah. Yeah. With him, I don't think I, I, I don't. I didn't get that vibe from from him. I always got the vibe that he was kind of uncomfortable with the the level of attention oh, that he was getting. Yeah, I'm not talking about him. I'm oh, talking him about, in particular. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about the, yeah. I'm talking about the watchers. Like like Oh, yeah. If you, if you if you really value the approval of white people, when you see somebody getting the attention of white people, even if they themselves don't value it as much as you do, it it drives you crazy. That's what I noticed. Like uh and I'm saying like mm-hmm. the default state for black people if they don't really check themselves yeah. or try to do counter programming to really mm-hmm. value the approval of white people. But mm-hmm. if you're one of these people, like for example, um, if you want to, if you're one of those people who really believes in what Roxanne Gay is saying, like just being the token, uh, is a sign that you're excellent just, just by being in the position to be a token. If you believe that, then you're really going to be watching the shit out of the guy who is um, getting the approval of white people? Because you actually yeah. really believe that white people really do confer that much um, status and that their taste, like you actually trust black white people's taste and what makes a good black person more than you trust um, black people's taste. So that's why I noticed like sometimes, um, like I think that's why like the Nate Parker thing got kind of got them like really mad because he's not part of their tribe, right? And white people were starting to really talk about that movie, and that and to me, I think they were really jealous. A lot of like that kind yeah. of dog pound. They were just waiting. Like a lot of these people, man. Like you mm-hmm. see them sitting around and they're smiling and he keying with but you they're and smiling between you know, their and, teeth. And they act like they're you know what I mean. It's like the OJ song. Remember? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know the song I'm talking about. Uh, backstabbers. They smile yeah, in your face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like they, they're sitting there and they just can't wait. Here's, here's a for good, the opportunity. Here's a good example of those type of, that type of sentiment, but you know, just, just like, uh, cause you might have seen this type of tweet a lot. I used to see it a lot when Nate Parker and the rape charges like resurfaced and everything. There were a lot of those, uh, like, um, uh woke woke Twitter black people saying stuff like, Hey, listen, white people, and which is kinda of interesting, like why are you addressing um the white people? But it's all about what they think. Like, listen, white people, if you want to support 
you know, black movies, there's much better ones than Nate Parker's. You can boycott mm-hmm. his movie and still support black movies because there's going to be Moonlight, you know. And like, why do you make a competition? Like, why do you make it into this thing? You know, it's like there's Moonlight and there's hidden figures. So you don't have to support this uh, toxic masculinity movie. And it's like, go, will you please kill yourself? Like, like when you get to that point where you're like, yeah. when you're concerned about it, you're not worried about uh, harm to black people, whatever. You're worried about being jealous about what white people like. You're like a white, a black person that I can't identify with, that I can't. Um, it's not part of my tribe. That I don't feel like. Don't like him. You gotta like us. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think that's kind of your love. You know, to flow into the conversation, I think that's actually kind of what started happening. You know, I hate to bring up Black Panther again, but I feel like that's kind of what happened with the. The low key is actually I don't even think it's low key anymore. It's been kind of like a rising tide of of ill sentiment against the Killmonger character. Yes. And uh, I think there's a lot of that behind that. So it even extends out of reality and into the realm of fiction. <laughs> you know what I yep, mean? Yep. I totally. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the, the child, the, the T'Challa character is how they see themselves like, you know, um, uh, not radical. Want to work alongside white people. Really value mm-hmm. white people. Really value being within the system. Really value, uh, you know, want they want to. They're strivers. They um want to like their main selling focus that they get along. You know, they do cheesy things like call out like white privilege, but don't actually want to actually because you know, that's a really interesting scene in Black Panther that a lot of that crowd really loved. Right, was when Black Panther's sister calls. Uh, the CIA guy colonizer and they're like yeah you tell him they laughed but okay she calls him that right she calls him a colonizer and that's supposed to be a sh- like some kind of shot or you know whatever but she's he's still the first white person he's see no he's still the first outsider that was willingly let into Wakanda like ever yeah, she saved his life she, she, she gave him access to their high technology yeah, she explained without batting the eye yeah, yeah she explained everything she didn't just help him but when he woke up she gave him like a guided tour like it's an apple showroom you know, <laughs> you know, you know i thought that was superfluous that scene and i'll let you finish real quick too let me just add this i'll forget why did they do that like they could have healed the guy and then got him out of there and dropped him off you know in whatever place he lived or whatever and he would have never knew the difference. Batman movies all the time. And then when Batman takes someone to the Batcave, he blindfolds them, takes them to the Batcave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first- they totally could have did what DMDM said, fixed them up, left them, uh, left them sedated. And then when he woke up, he was back in his you own know, bed at or some the shit. Embassy. That's yeah. what happened in the or first, the the first Batman, U.S. Embassy. The first Batman movie with um, Kim Basinger. That's what he did. He blindfolded her, took her there, um, uh, helped her, then drugged her, and she woke up in her bed, and she didn't remember how to get back and forth from the Batcave. But no, like uh, yeah. the white guy comes, and they're like, uh, "Hey, here's a guided tour. In this corner, you'll see such and such, blah blah blah." You know, and it's not that different than what they do with their obsession with white privilege. Like they love acting like they're giving white people the business, but they're really just kind of calling out little. It's like a little name calling, but but yeah. they're still letting white people hold all the power. And it's the same thing with um the Black Panther. Like, yeah, if this guy is going to get access to the most advanced civilization on Earth, he's gonna make he's gonna Columbus Wakanda. He's basically the Columbus of Wakanda. He's gonna go down as the white person that discovered 
Wakanda. He'd probably get yeah. promotion, whatever. You think he gives a fuck if you call him a colonizer? Yeah, call me a name. That's fine. Just just keep this keep this information coming. You yeah, know? when you when you when you're picking my cotton, you're not gonna be sounding so hardy and high and mighty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you know, it's like it's the cost of doing business. Call me a name, like Killmonger. Or, 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 well, in Columbus's case, I guess they were uh, chopping sugar cane. And the same, yeah. the same courtesy was not extended to Killmonger. It was reluctantly no. extended to Killmonger. Who the hell are you? But that's that's the, that was like a perfect example of how we are as a people. And he, here in America, anyway, or I think globally, that's true. You know, white folks show up and it's automatically red carpet. You know, hey, this is what's going on. A brother show up and it's automatic. Not let even him if die. It's, sometimes it's hostility. A lot of it's hostility, but some even if not hostility, a wariness that they don't show white folks. T'Challa was like, you know, we, uh, you know, maybe we can do something to save you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but with, with the, the white guy, there wasn't really much hesitation at all. And he got shot in the back. I think they said the bullet severed his spine yeah. or something. Spine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then with, um, uh, and, uh, even with the claw character, um, when he decided to spare the guy's life, you know, they, they, you know, they were going to take him in and, and, and let him have access to all the comforts of, of a regular, uh, you know, when you go through booking and all of that, and well, no, they were going to go gym. through the, they were going to put him on trial, yeah, and and go through the whole legal process. And he's killed, you know, lots uh, of with, people. They know that he's killed a bunch exactly. of people. He's there for the including specific, his good friend's father, right. and uh, that guy got treated. Yeah, it's just like Obama. Like you know, Obama yeah. has nothing to say on behalf of black people, and these and these people would cape for him, you know, in these uh woke black media circles and bougie black circles and they make excuses and it's, you know, it's the same thing like um t'challa's not promising any justice for his people and he's saying stuff like no the world is watching so it's more about the world than his people yeah and, exactly yeah, and and, and you no know, black folk black people you know are, are never allowed revenge really like as the heroes in the movies a lot of times and we, we mentioned the django thing you know i mean it's like revenge if you you know they get this whole if if you if you're going to dig a grave, you better dig two, one for him and one for yourself. All this shit, and you know what I mean. It's like I wouldn't even call it revenge. Revenge in this case, you know, it's like Justice, retribution. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's not the you know. It's a, there's a slight distinction between revenge and retribution. Yes, yes, I agree. to me. Uh, uh, you know, something interesting too, right? But one thing I noticed about these people, like there's such compulsive careerists, and I kind of understand it because yeah. because when you're black, you kind of have to be very cut yeah. to win because there's not a system made to prop you up and and you know taller and there's a few there's a, there's there's a, there's, there's a minimum amount of spots yeah there's a minimum amount of spots and everybody's vying for them right mm-hmm. uh, but like um with the Tanahashi codes like I think as long as you stayed equal with them and they felt like you know there's a certain reciprocity and whatever it was fine but once he got too big. Now they're like, oh man, he's he's taking up all the oxygen in the room, like like the yeah. white adoration oxygen, like because white adoration is their oxygen, and he's <laughs> eating up all that oxygen, like you know he's inhaling. At you yeah. could almost feel their jaws tightening, right? They all of those those uh, boozy black types that were jealous of that. They they started all looking like uh, you know how Gabrielle Union always does that same look on her face all the time. 
Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> they were all starting to look like that, you know, like they were sucking on a lemon or something. But with the funny. more success and accolades uh, he got, yeah, it crazy. it's funny because it's a catch twenty two with them because what they like is they like to boost each other to a point. They, they like boosting anything. T, did you turn on. your mic down? Excuse me, I didn't mean. Oh no, um, maybe I moved away. How's the sound now? Is it better? Yes, yeah, a little better. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, it did sound like you were whispering, like we yeah, got like you turned the volume down. <laughs> like, does he know? Um, no, I might have been moving my. We don't want mouth for the hear this. Be quiet. Yo, you know what happened? I said sometimes I get animated, and then my mouth moves from the mic because uh, I'm moving around. <laughs> but yeah. Um, they like to kind of boost each other up all the time because I think they're always thinking about getting each other, jo- getting jobs. So it's like, uh, you know, you know, kind of like to say, you know, you, now we're talking about these articles, they're always linking to each other's articles or they say like, here's a good way to support black women um, after mm. Alabama and the vote. The best way to support black women is follow Feminista Jones and Jamila Lemieux. It's like, wait a minute, what, what does that have to do with, why are you boosting your friends? And it, I just think they just figure it's going to be a quid pro quo. So they boost each yeah. other up. But then if it goes too well and one of them goes too far, now they got to kind of pull them back down. So I think that's kind of what happens. They kind of, they kind of do all do a big circle jerk with each other. He's he's breaking away from the pack and, and you know, he's, he's being, uh, you know, it's, it's, the, the lights shining on him and not so much them. So they got to kind of pull them closer so that they're still within that. Yeah. 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 It kind of start happening with D Ray a little bit too, didn't it? Like, yeah, I, it started happening with you. It started happening with D Ray too. A yeah. lot of the other activists started uh, shitting on him, but also I think they also start realizing if this guy gets too big, he doesn't really represent one of us anymore because now he's going to be like an A-lister. So, People won't think of us in the same because they're so selfish and careerist that yeah. they want things to happen that will reflect well on them and get them work too. Yeah. So if somebody on their level is getting work, then someone might be like, oh, this other person is a C-lister like you and they're black and they're woke and they talk the right talk. I'll I'll hire them for my magazine, whatever. Now, if you're like an A-list megastar people aren't gonna look at that person and then look hmm. at you as yeah. a equivalent substitute well especially since like you know a lot of these people i don't think he really knows in real life you know what i mean they're inter- their internet you know what i mean yeah yeah twitter and, you know it's like okay if it comes down to if, if i'm in a position to, to uh, uh uh, 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 put, somebody put somebody on, on. is it going to be somebody, be somebody that, that I, I tweet with occasionally or somebody, or somebody that, that I chop it up with on a regular basis? Oh, but you know, it doesn't even have to be put on by him. But like, what I mean is just by his existence, like this is how I think they think, right? Like saying, hmm. cause they're trying to think about getting white people to like them and approve them and make them, um, a token. They're going to, they're trusting white people to not, they're trying to, to predict how white people will think. So this is what I think they think. They're like, okay, if this type of person wins, then a white person who's hiring someplace else might want their own version of that, and then that could be me. So oh, it doesn't uh-huh. have to be ta Coates putting you on. It's just if ta Coates wins, some other place might want their own ta Coates because now that's the trend. 
And if I can mm -hmm. model myself as like, you know, in that same tribe or an alternative or a similar thing, then him winning might help me win. And I know to me, that's why they're always trying to kind of boost other people in the tribe, even if they don't know them personally, because they figure that person winning. That's why I think the whole thing about representation is. That's why they want representation so bad. Because if if uh enough representation happens, then white people are just gonna be like, oh, this is the move now. Let's get our own black person that looks like this. So if if, if Issa Rae looks like you and she wins, then maybe when Showtime wants to do their show, now you can pitch and be like, hey, I, I look and sound kind of like Issa Rae, right? So I, I, I think they know Ta-Nehisi Coates isn't going to put them on personally. Like, I think he helped Roxanne Gay get a job, but I, I, just, I just think they just want um, tokens that are on their level that might they might get residual shine from. But if Ta-Nehisi Coates gets super big, like, okay, if Ta-Nehisi Coates gets big enough and now he's like a A-list luminary, People aren't gonna look at you, and your name is like uh, the spoken blurred on uh, Twitter, and you have like 500 followers and 10 bylines in some random magazines and in Ebony.com. Now his shine isn't helping you because he's so eclipsed you. Mm. White people aren't gonna look at you as some kind of. Uh... So now, now he's kind of useless to you. Now you almost want to tear him down and mm. get white people to stop looking at him. Because, you know, like you said, now he's eating up the oxygen in your room. Now he's not helping you breathe. He's um sucking up all that. Well, that crabs in the barrel analogy comes to mind when you say stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So I think they always look at things like that. Like, what will this do? Is it going to help me and people in my particular black tribe get work? And, you know. Yeah, that ambition just really messes yeah, them up. Yeah, ambition messes them up. So, like, Nate Parker, they don't feel any empathy with Nate Parker. He's not really... Uh, he's an, oh, yeah. an ex-athlete. He's a straight black man. He's married to a white woman. He um, isn't like a part of the woke karate. He's, he's not walking around uh, apologizing for toxic masculinity every five minutes or like, you know, doing that intersectional thing, you know. So him winning might help open a door for other types of black people that don't, you know, look like their crowd. But Moonlight and Issa Rae winning could open the door for like, 50 of these um ivy league bougie media types that you know with the natural I hair just thought you know about I mean? something. yeah you know what else is a yeah. part of that as well um a lot of these guys have in common is nate parker used a lot of his own bread to create birth of a nation and yes, he didn't and use do white his own yeah. right and that's another thing that I think scares them as well. Like when you have a guy like a, a you know, yeah. say what you will about Tariq Nasheed, the guy is he he created his own brand, he marketed his own brand, and he's doing his own thing. You know what I mean? And there's really nothing that you can do to tear down the infrastructure that he's built up. He's 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 for the most part a self-made because he's not it's not dependent it's not dependent on other people. Right. Yeah. No, and no, that no, 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 but not just that it's not dependent on white pages they're kind of white exactly yeah, yeah well that's what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah and so i think i think that drives them crazy and scares them in a way scary because yeah. they are 100 percent dependent on white crumbs for everything that they get for their jobs for their writing jobs for their edu you know their educational stuff they their are lectures they are selected yeah, like, like Tariq Nasheed is so you think they envy that they envy that freedom yeah yeah i Tariq believe Nasheed, so 
yeah, Tariq Nasheed has a populist movement. He has a bunch of people in the streets who raise them up. It's a bottom-up thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want top-down selection. They want a white person to look from on high and pick them up out of, like, you know, the masses of people jumping up. Like, like a, it looks like a giant white man in the sky who comes down and just plucks uh, one or two of you from, like, you know, the mass. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think they would like to be self-made in a, a self-actuated, but they don't think that they can be, and that's their only other avenue. No, I don't think they want to be. I don't think they you. want. Uh, y- really? Because, because, because who's going to select you? It's going to be black people. If you don't, if if you're the kind of person that says, "Well, like, who believes what Roxanne Gay was saying?" Well, I just think they don't know that they can never be that. No, no, but, no, but what I mean is, okay. If you're the kind of person that believes what Rasan Gay uh, says, which is uh, just to be the token means you're excellent, right? Okay, you, you, say you're self-made, but it's by the unwashed black masses. I think one elevated white voice outweighs 5,000, excuse me, of those um, people. So I think even if they were um, mm. elevated, because it's coming from... Uh, Poor black people. It's like it wouldn't mean the it, same. Like, uh, like it's about insurance. All right. If if you're self-made and your movement is 100% backed, built, financed, and sustained by black people, if you do something wrong, those people stop fucking with you. You're done. Right. There's no insurance policy to back that up. Now, when white people are fucking with you, there's always you're not at the oh, whims oh, and demands hell too. of black people. But see, you can always step, you, and it doesn't even have to be a misstep. They can just get tired of you, like kids get tired of their favorite they toy. Would they would rather that. that they, they'd rather that, bro. They'd rather be. Um, disassociated from white people after receiving the praise because like T like my man T just said for them one white voice outweighs a thousand black voices so even when the white well, people I guess it's kind of like a chicken and the egg sort of thing you know what I mean it's because you've been conditioned to believe yeah. that that's the only way you can get ahead is with this white attention that fire this, is hotter. you know what I mean so it's just like they've been, but like I think at the same time they would like to be able to do what he do and not have to depend. I don't, I, you know, I, I think they get tired. I don't think when they look in the mirror when they're at home alone, laying, you know, in the bed with the lights off and can't sleep, and they they think about some of the things that they the dignity that they have to sacrifice in order to try to hold on to any of this white attention. I think they would. I think they would rather be in a position like a, a Tariq, and I think it's just the fact that they don't think that they they don't think that they can, and they've been bred to believe that even if they could, that's not what you should be doing. Okay, here's another thing though. Let me just get this real quick, and then uh, it's also this factor: the difference between people who want to be career driven and oriented and work versus the hustler. If you don't have that hustler's mm-hmm. mentality like a Tariq Nasheed has where you don't have you don't want to be focused, you don't want to be dependent on that, that doesn't yeah. scare you. You know what I'm saying? That that yeah. not having yeah. that 
thing to fall back on that job, whatever, it doesn't scare you. You feel like, look, if this doesn't work, I'm going to just go ahead and do this. I'm going to grind. I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to make, I'm going to be a self-made person. I'm going to make it happen. If you've been beaten into your head from the time you were born, like a lot of these boozy black people are, that you got to go to college, you got to get certain with, you got to be accepted in certain social circles, and you have to be a great gatekeeper or a coffee creamer. They don't know nothing else, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's that's all they know. So they don't have an inclination to go out and hustle and grind from nothing like that. No, I know they don't have the inclination, and that's and that's why they don't. That's why they don't do it because they they know that they can't. They they don't think that they could do it. But I think they when they think about what they have to deal with on the other hand of of, of chasing behind a job. You, you know, you see a lot of these, you know, I see a lot of folks talking about, you know, the, the, the messed up parts about capitalism and how, you know, the working man is treated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they see a guy like Tariq who don't have to deal with that. And I think a part of them wishes they could. Here's what yeah. the problem is. I think they don't know who they are with that white people. What I mean by that is, I think, right, if they are not getting, approval from a white person they have no idea how to evaluate themselves so it's like even if they had like two thousand uh black people in their corner they would never know if they were good because because they would be like uh i don't matter until white people say i matter that's why so many of these people Mm. act like when a black person gets an oscar it proves that it proves something really important like you know what i mean Mm. like they can't just be like this movie was good because black people love this movie. They will tear out their hair and cry and gnash their teeth about why are white people not um, celebrating yeah. celebrating this. It, it drives them uh, nuts. So that's why I think kind of the problem is I think they would like the independence, but they're afraid of white people not liking them like 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 i think we, i think it would create some kind of existential angst in them like they would not even know like the way i exist that white people aren't acknowledged do you think they're literally thinking that like do you think that or is it more of a subconscious thing oh i think it's subconscious i don't think they're self-aware okay enough. i was gonna so, say uh, god damn that's really pathetic <laughs> no i i, I think it'd be better if it was conscious i think if it was mm. conscious you... well I, that's why i guess that's kind of where i was thinking with it because if you consciously thought that then like i said in those quiet moments you would you would your, your mind would take you to logical places mm. yeah 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 okay. if it was at least conscious then you have a help of changing it because at least you're aware of the state you're in like you know but when it works on your unconscious that's when I think it's even worse. Like, so if you're talking black excellence and you believe yourself as being unapologetically black, but deep down it's how you really think, that level of delusion makes it harder for you to ever fix yourself because you think you're the opposite. Like, here's an example. This is an old tweet from Feminista Jones, but this is one that really kind of drove it home to me. It's from 2013, and I remember it to this day to the point that, you know, when we were talking, I Googled it because it was what really kind of drove it home to me. Uh, Charles Blow put a tweet, and Fernanda Jones is weird in that she's one of those people. She tweets an ungodly amount. Like she, I think she has like a, a million tweets or something. Like like literally, she tweets a lot, but she doesn't really seem to to thread to thread her tweets, which is kind of weird. Like how can you tweet that much? And I don't think she easy. knows how. 
I just figured it out. <laughs> Remember that I used to drive you crazy when I used to do that? <laughs> but she tweets too much and not know how to do this. So, but, yeah. but, but the problem is, by doing it that way, and she has a million tweets, so you, it's not easy to find the thread of a conversation for her because, mm. you know, uh, you can't find the, easily find the tweets that precede and um, follow it. So I'm not able to give this the full context, but this is what it is. Charles Blow, uh, who's like one of those writers, he works at the New York Times, he put a question. He said, to put the question another way, as an author, would you rather have an award winner or a bestseller, right? And then Feminista Jones uh, replied, award winner, right? And and this is this is where it... What? Right? Uh, actually, and, and you know what? I'll... I'll Send you guys. Wait, wait, read the whole thing again to me. What was the question? Okay, Charles Blow put put to put the question another way because I guess he asked a question in a preceding tweet. He said, "Put the question another way. As an author, would you rather have an award winner or a bestseller?" Hashtag books. Mm. And then uh, Feminista Jones quote tweeted it with the answer "award winner." So she said she'd rather have an award winner than a best-selling um, book. But this is, what's, this is what's, what's good. She had a follow-up tweet, and you know, because she doesn't thread, like I had to like, while you guys were talking, I had to search for the follow-up tweet. Her follow-up tweet was, Tariq Nasheed is a quote-unquote bestseller. That means nothing when it comes to quality of one's work. Yeah, so, so she's all about adulation. Yeah, so, 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 so if we say well, even awards aren't really necessarily well about the quality of your work. But no, 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 they're not. But if you think like Roxanne Gay's tweet, which is uh, just being the token is uh, evidence of your excellence, then you know who's more likely to get the awards? Like you know the 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 token that the white elites are aware of, or the bestseller. That the unwashed black masses like she's basically saying like mm-hmm. okay, Tariq Nasheed has sold millions of books. But There's some classism backs, in that too. Yeah, some low classism key classism. Yeah, classism. But the classism is tied in with race because the unwashed black masses are disproportionately uh, poor. Like like she's basically saying Tariq Nasheed. They don't mean this valueless. Yeah. So okay, listen. If I had a million black people buying her into my stuff like i would be proud like wow i'm connecting with my people mm-hmm. that's like great yeah. she's using it to disparage him she's like Tariq and she's a quote-unquote bestseller that means nothing when it comes to quality of his work so basically one awards committee of presumably majority white people so say like a jury of eight white people is mm. that are elites and liberals and you know educated whatever is worth more than millions of poor and blue collar and regular middle class black people who rock with. You only sold thirty books, but eight critics thought your shit was fly, mm-hmm. and that means more to you. Eight white critics, and and, and the, the fact that she was so comfortable saying it, like I was like, wow, the implications of that are crazy. I love when they tell on themselves. Like that's what I mean. Like they're not self aware enough to even hide things yeah that's uh you know like, so either uh, she's so petty that because her mind instantly went to Tariq Nasheed's bestsellers so she's that petty to where anything associated with anything that has to do with him she's gonna pick the opposite track or like you said and this is what it is I think it could be both actually it is both 
she genuinely wants that prefers the the uh the accolade you know and the the recognition that comes the, from the, uh, the head pat really it, this is a pat pretty much a head pat and what surprises me about that from her is I, as 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 much as I get on her about every, I've seen her do some incredibly on code stuff publicly. Like I, I I've seen her in interview situations and stuff like that, and somebody will try to get her to disparage another black person or something, and she will not do it. You know what I mean? Like she she won't do stuff like that. And she she's one of those people that is weird that occasionally she'll write something that has a lot of truth in it. But then it's has so much bullshit that she spews that it kind of takes yeah, away she's, from that. She's calling, she's calling you a medical. She's calling you a medical rapist for uh, yeah. advocating for coconut uh, oil. Uh, yeah, coconut oil for a toothache. Yeah, yeah, and and for people who don't know, that's actually a literal thing that happened. Uh, somebody gave her. Yeah, whole, I'm not that imaginative. Yeah, 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 yeah. In case people think you're making it up, somebody she was complaining yeah. about a toothache, <laughs> and then somebody gave her a home remedy for. Um, a to- for toothaches using coconut oil and she flipped out and called him a medical rapist by giving her <laughs> unsolicited uh medical advice um i think she might be medicated though and i'm saying that's disparaging so she is yeah. i think she's admitted as much yeah, so. yeah i think she's admitted as much so i think they might be causing some of the um mm. uh mood swings but you're right one time i saw her to say to talk about incredibly on code things she did one time i think she actually was talking about how uh, black men actually don't have that much access to uh, patriarchy. I don't know mm-hmm. why she said this one. It was went against what she usually says, but she was like, uh, or that they're getting shit. They don't really have access to power, and they're like mm-hmm. powerless themselves, and they can't really be like real patriarchs. Like she said that one one time, and I was surprised. Like it was a rare on code um, moment for her. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like like I think these people really. Um, I think another thing too is they realize not enough people uh, fuck with them for them to ever really get the type of numbers that um, mm. yeah. Tariq gets because um, a big majority of white people aren't really um, fucking with them. They they can only really get yeah. that guilty white. They'll yes, they'll yes, girl, you and and That's throw up the it. fist and all that shit. But the same thing with Roxanne Gay when she's when she's out there trying to hawk her uh, issues of Black Panther, they don't show up. But they don't put dollars on but, it. But I'll say this: um, her book sells. Like uh, I think her um, book, Bad Feminist, I think it's a bestseller. Uh, Is it? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? One of those things with the whole comic thing, right? This is going on with that whole scene in uh, general. Is that? A lot of them aren't really into comics like that. They just want to ride that wave because it's hot now. Because mm-hmm. they're such careerists, they're like. Um, so I also think a lot of the people who are uh, very vocal about representation in comics, whatever, they just want you know to win and get representation. But then they're not going to read the book. They're just they're just going to make gifs and Tumblr mm-hmm. posts with panels from the comic and just and just retweet and retumble but they're not gonna go it's like you said it's not gonna be like a field trip of 20 intersectional feminists going to the comic store and they're not gonna go um sign up for comiXology and start downloading all these books they, you know they, they just want the representation yes and then they all want to start trying to get jobs so like a lot of them are always trying to get the new thing is now is just seeing like how much money and how mainstream and how 
lucrative the whole geek scene is and it's also a good gateway to get into like more quote respectable stuff and it's also a great <laughs> sign of white acceptance like if you get to write mm-hmm. something as iconic as a batman character or what oh or or captain america or, or a marvel dc character what bigger sign of white acceptance than them handing over the reins to one of their iconic cre- creations that's a huge ooh ooh and you know what's crazy is I heard Tanahasi Coach is going to be writing Captain America. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and That's going to have conservatives in it. They're going to throw like a tizzy. Oh, for oh for sure, for sure. And and you know also I I bet it's going to have a lot of like uh, the lower tier uh, woke black people like low key kind of jealous too. You know they're going to be like, uh, wow, he mm-hmm. gets to write. Uh, that the ones who are closer to his level, like um, say like a, a Charles Blower or Roxanne Gay, I don't think no. they're going to shit on him because you know they're close enough to his level in terms of name recognition. Where it's like him getting that job is gonna maybe help them. Um, like like maybe they'll give Roxanne Gay oh. Wonder Woman if Tanahasi Coates Captain America does does well. Like you know, so him moving up will help people like them but the lower tier ones you know might um get very there is one thing i wanted to say to something that you said uh d um you were saying how they don't want to like do the work of getting a um a following like a Tariq nasheed or whatever but the Mm -hmm. funny thing is they kind of end up hustling as hard or harder in their own right, you know, because that whole freelance writing life, that's not easy. Always constantly pitching and grinding. You know, it's, it's kind of how sometimes people say, like, the amount of the amount of um, things you have to do to take shortcuts sometimes ends up being more work mm-hmm. in the long run. Because they're always constantly hustling, pitching asking for work. I mean, just the way like Roxanne Gay and the Batgirl thing, the way she's just like saying, hey, DC, let me write your book for you or trust black women, hire black women, um, you yeah. know, hire this. They're always constantly looking for their next piece of food. You know, they're always... But, but T, yeah. T, brother, yeah. brother, <laughs> have you seen some of these articles, it's these baby food articles a lot of these people oh, write, man? The, the, the articles are like... Uh, terrible <laughs> they're, 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 they're terrible no that's what i mean in one way it's easier because if they had to survive purely on oh but yeah but actually pitching it and getting people to pick it up and and, and circulate it and things like that is that what is that what you're saying that's what i mean yeah it's oh, okay not just the actual writing yeah, but just yeah 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 okay i got you for them to okay. get a bestseller on pure uh, quality of work they couldn't do it but getting these like token jobs like the amount of groveling they have to do I, i'll give you a perfect mm-hmm. example um something that somebody told me once is uh it's actually harder to be a simp uh, for, i don't know if people everyone knows what a simp is but uh, but it's like i guess what, what in the black community it's like the black version of what they call a, a beta male like it's actually, a doormat basically. yeah a doormat. it's actually harder to be a simp or a doormat or a wimp than it is to have boundaries because you're people are constantly encroaching on those boundaries. You have to defend them daily. Mm-hmm. You have to defend- 
Yeah, or just swallowing all that shit or always navigating around all of it. Like, it's actually, like, more work or or constantly appeasing people or kissing ass. You no, know, you always have to be kissing ass. You always have to be taking the temperature of the room and whatever. That In a way, it's easier because, because you're not yeah. you're taking one giant stand or really... Um, no. Building your, you let shit slide continuously if you're a son. Yeah, you let shit slide yeah. continuously, but not just that. You have to be hyper vigilant. You have to be like, um, am I gonna piss somebody off? Oh, uh, or I'm being a people pleaser, so I always have to keep in mind what are people, what do people want from me, so that I could be that. You know, you always have to like, if you're somebody who just has boundaries, all you have to do is just be yourself. You're like, I'm just gonna be myself. If you're gonna be like a simple or a people pleaser. You have to constantly put your mind into the mindset of every single person you're going to come across, your boss, your girlfriend. It's draining. Did I move to? Did I? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's very... It's very what? Oh, $50? Yeah, I, I got that. Here you go. Uh, am I going to get that back? No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and these kind of things, it's like the same thing. It's like, okay, I always have to worry about what white people are going to think. If I say this, I'm going to get excommunicated from this world community. I have to, um, you know, and there's someone like Tariq Nasir who just can write what he wants. He can say things that would get them excommunicated from ever yeah. getting uh, yeah. an article in ebony.com again you know he can say anything controversial and basically they can't really hurt him they can't get him they won't affect his lifestyle yeah, one they bit can't get him fired from anywhere so in the way you know his thing is harder but it's also like easier like like the way they live is like very hard like one bad dragging and they're gone they're replaced with somebody mm, else who's willing point. to yeah. um fill the role easier yes indeed this is a very yeah. interesting um, take because it was supposed to be in passing. In passing, yeah. it ended up being a fascinating <laughs> conversation. Those are the best it ones, is, man. Yeah. Um, quick thing: Did we ever mention the slave owner compensation in the UK? Is it's not it's, it's not something I, I feel like doing a whole article on, but I just wanted to mention it really quick. Uh, uh, we didn't okay. mention it, and uh, uh, we did mention it. Again? We could do a brief. You know, no, we did okay. not mention it, so we could do like two minutes on that. Yeah, real yeah. Quick. I just wanted to say, um, I'll wrap it up. People are always saying how uh, reparations is not, uh, you know, possible or whatever, or, or that we have to let the past be the past. But uh, they recently discovered through um, leaked documents, or I guess maybe the UK version of what a FOIA Act is, but uh, they discovered that um, taxpayers in Bristol in the, the UK in 2015 were still paying off debt borrowed by the government to quote-unquote compensate slave owners in 1833. So slave owners yeah. uh, got reparations and the government um, had to borrow the money to pay all the slave owners for the slaves. They freed the slaves by actually paying for their um, freedom and... 20, um, 20 million pounds uh, was what the government spent to reimburse uh, the slaves and the money from back then, many of whom were some of Britain's richest businessmen. Like, like they could have taken um, the hit. And it took taxpayers 182 years to pay off um, that debt. But meanwhile, the descendants of slaves were never... Um, 
compensated um, reparations. I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, oh, wow. So, and it yeah. takes it right on into the modern era. Yeah, so there's yeah. an unbroken chain of custody there, so to yeah. speak. I-, I thought the worst story like that was finding out that Haiti has been paying reparations to France yeah. for, mm-hmm. uh, for basically their own freedom. Like, Haiti had to pay reparations. Well, that's on the same yeah. level. I immediately thought about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's on the same level, but even that ended, I think, like in the 1940s. Like, this is interesting that 2015, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's like three that's years That's amazing. Ago. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Uh, take care, guys. All right.